Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Carson and Justin 2019 Golf Podcast. Uh, we are here today alongside Eric Noble. He is our special guest for today's podcast. He has been in the golf business for 42 years. That includes 29 years in the PGA. He has been a head golf professional at Fort Wayne Country Club as well as Orchard Ridge. So Justin is also here with us. And how's it going, everybody? He's ready to go. And we have going to basically do an interview today with Eric, as well as discuss other hot topics in the game of golf, including some of the uh, past PGA Tour events and um, some other sort of miscellaneous topics that uh, Justin um, brought to me this past week. So we're excited to be uh, to be back with you all. We uh, really hope you enjoy today's podcast. So, Eric, we'll start off here. Okay. What are what is your greatest experience so far that you've ever experienced in the game of golf? Well, there's no doubt uh, there's been a ton of wonderful experiences with not only members at the clubs that I've been at, but uh, my own personal best experience would be uh, being with Billy Kratzer for a week on the PGA Tour uh, in Milwaukee and caddying for him, and he won the golf tournament. So there's probably nothing that I've ever done that will ever top that. That was the best week of my life. So what a lot of the viewers do not know is Justin here is actually related to yeah. Billy Kratzer. Justin, could you touch on that a little bit? So uh, my mom has five siblings. She's the youngest out of them all, and uh, Billy Kratzer, my uncle, he's actually the oldest. So they're they're 18 years apart, and it's it's almost like a like a like a father like daughter like distance in the ages. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, he's been he's been my uncle. Uh, he lives pretty far away, so I haven't got to get too many tips from him. But uh, uh, I hope to hope to see him a little bit more here in the future down there in uh, Florida. <laughs> exactly, Eric. I remember you telling me Billy hit an incredible number of greens during that tournament. What what was the exact number? Yeah, he hit. Uh, 65 out of 72 greens. Now, this was before they they did the statistics on that they have on tour now with they have statistics on every every category <laughs> that you can imagine now, but back back then they they did keep a statistic on greens and regulation for the for the year, but I don't think they ever decide or ever had a uh, uh, the best of any one tournament, but I can assure you that 65 out of 72, I doubt if anybody has ever beaten that. I don't but think I've anybody never, has. Yeah, I mean, the, Six, people miss seven a, a, a round. And I, I, I can assure all the viewers that, uh, out there listening to this, that Justin this summer will definitely be out there trying to beat that oh, record. Yeah. <laughs> He'll Most play definitely. four straight rounds Most at Chestnut, definitely. four days in a row, and try yeah. to beat that record. I'll I can do tell you. I'll do it all on the same day. <laughs> Justin, you won't beat it. Okay. <laughs> That's the challenge. Okay. We, got, we got a challenge here in the yeah, first four minutes of the broadcast okay. or the uh, podcast. So That's all right. That's incredible. All right. Eric, well, who was your biggest inspiration to get you involved in the game of golf? Well, Actually, my mom and dad, uh, when I was seven, we all started playing golf at the same time. 
uh, in, in Peru, my hometown, at a little uh, country club in, at this time, at, back in the uh, early 60s, uh, there were small little country clubs in a lot of small towns, mm -hmm. uh, which you don't see anymore. And uh, we had a real neat little uh, nine-hole golf course in Peru that uh, was a country club, had a great swimming pool, had all kinds of activity. Um, but we all started playing golf at the same time, and, and I just fell in love with it. I played all, a lot of other sports when I was growing up, but uh, after about two years, I knew I just wanted to play golf. Now, how far does that that golf course that we stopped by in Peru that one time? How far does that date back? Oh gosh, you mean the treacherous? So Muni? that that's not the same golf course no, that, that you're referring to. Course. Okay. Uh, the Muni, the municipal golf course in Peru, I think dates back to the early '30s, uh, and and the golf course, the other golf course in Peru, which is the nine-hole course I'm talking about, was about the same time time frame mm -hmm. early 30s justin you know that's another course that i think we should definitely yeah. definitely play yeah. with eric oh, sometime yeah. peru yeah. indiana peru Maine. indiana okay yeah. you know okay. justin and i've discussed just you know finding a week sometime this summer when we're both free without a, without a tournament to just kind of travel around indiana and play different golf courses and just see where it takes us literally have no plan in mind and just play a course <laughs> each day and podcast about it for all the the listeners to to hear about maybe sort of bring awareness to some oh, yeah, so some hidden gems well, in, I, in I Indiana. I, that's gr that's a great idea by both of you. I think you both of you would benefit from playing smaller golf courses. Not I don't mean smaller golf courses. I mean golf courses that are not very well known. Uh, you'd be surprised at how good those little golf courses are. Mm -hmm. uh, like. Carson, I've always told told you there are no bad golf courses. There are only some golf courses better than others. So yeah, one may look like a so-called goat ranch, <laughs> but there's there's a, a lot of fun that still can be had on yeah. any of those golf courses. It's much better than being inside of a house. You got that. That's in, true. In any type of area to play golf. I mean, playing house. golf is playing so, golf. Yeah, I play golf in my room. And like just hit a target. Right. Like a, if I had a crappy course, it'd be even better. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. You I know, agree. going back to sort of what I said there about, you know, the hidden gems of Indiana, obviously you being in the golf business for forty two years, you've experienced a lot of different golf courses, seen a lot of different areas um in the country to play golf. What what maybe give me give us a top three list of of the I got two. The most two top two. That's one, that's good. One in Indiana and one in Tennessee. Perfect. Um, the one in Tennessee is Gatlinburg Country Club. Now, some of you may have heard of Gatlinburg before. Um, it's a it, it's a kind of like a little resort town, but uh, uh, it's in the uh, foothills of the Smoky Mountains, and as you can maybe can imagine. The terrain changes are phenomenal, and there's one par three on Gatlinburg Country Club that the the drop from the tee to the green is 180 feet. Wow! And it, when you hit the shot, it feels as though that the ball is never going to come down. But uh, it is so much fun to play. Uh, 
I've uh, never played a golf course that had three par fives in a row before, but it does. Oh, Nine, so. 10, and 11 are all par fives. Then you have the drop-off hole. <laughs> wow. Is it, is it a public or private course? You can get on. It's oh, public. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even, though it's, just, to even though it's just Gatlinburg <laughs> there you go. Club, you can still, you can still when, play. When we drove through Tennessee, I didn't see too many golf courses, but like the whole area just looked phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And so I can imagine... Yeah, and I'm sure there's a ton of other great courses in Tennessee, but that's the one that that uh, I just love to love a bunch. Yeah. And the one course in Indiana that, outside of the golf courses that I've been affiliated with, uh, Fort Wayne Country Club and Orchard Ridge, which are, are definitely two of my favorites of all time, but South Bend Country Club really uh, is my favorite. It's it's worth well worth the uh, the effort to go up there and play. Um, it's it was founded in 1916. Wow! In the early stages of uh, its existence, it hosted the actually it hosted the Western Open, which you know is still go, still going on today. Uh, so it's just phenomenal. Par fours are fantastic. Uh, greens are just wonderful. Great challenge. It's a great challenge. You know, Justin, those sound like a couple golf courses yeah, we need I'm to actually go play, like you said. In the near future. Let's add so that to... Both, both public, both able to get on. Well, I can get you on South Bend. Country. There we go. Okay. We got a connection. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> Justin, you know... You haven't been playing golf. We both haven't yeah, combined. No, really haven't not. been playing as long, uh, golf as long as Eric has. But you know, of the courses that you've played, what would be your hidden gem? Ooh. Man, I gotta. There was a course in Michigan. Unfortunately, I yeah, don't, don't, don't remember the random course in Michigan. I don't know the name of it. A lot of great ones. Yeah, uh, I played it in seventh grade, so about five years ago, and um, it was really long, and like you could even tip it further back out. There was. It just it was phenomenal the, the fairways were so tightly mowed it was it was amazing looking the greens were extremely fast uh there was woods all over the course uh lots of water uh unique water uh formations bunkers just everything was beautiful mm -hmm. and it cost like 180 to play so mm -hmm. uh i mean that's probably the most beautiful course i've played i sycamore isn't too much of a hidden gym uh, right because <laughs> people know about i enjoy sycamore quite a bit right and pine valley actually Pine Valley, I would actually probably say is my favorite course in Fort Wayne. Really? So I've played that a few times, and uh, Pine Valley is really nice. So. You know, Eric, you'll probably be able to guess. I, I have two on my list. Uh, one of them is actually Orchard. Orchard Ridge is a definite hidden gem. Even Dr. Bob Winters called Orchard Ridge a hidden gem when he stopped by a couple of years ago. So, um a lot of people, a lot of people do not know about Orchard, and yeah. you know it, well, the great thing about Orchard Ridge, and, and the problem with golf, I think now, they're all built. All the golf courses are in housing developments. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are houses everywhere. Chestnut, you hook it left or hook it right, <laughs> or yeah. hook it right. I, well, that's a new I thing, right. I guess. Yeah. Slice it right, and you, you drill a house, and it, it's it gets in it gets in your head. You're seeing houses down the fairway, and at Orchard, you don't have that. You are immersed in nature out at Orchard Ridge. And that's what I really appreciate about that golf course. And another course that allows you to have that same feeling was a, a course where I played a tournament at this past summer. And that was in Carabasset Valley, Maine. 
I'm telling you what, if you've never been to Maine to play golf, Maine is the place to go. Um, Sugarloaf Mountain Golf Club, and there's one par three there, you know, talking about good par fives and last course, good, good par threes. This maybe is the best par three I've ever played. I feel like I've played a lot of good ones. Um, the drop, first of all, you have to like climb a cliff or like a mountain to get to the tee box. And the yardage up there that we played it from, it said 175. You probably hit like a, a gap wedge. I hit a 52-degree <laughs> yeah. wedge in one day. Mm-hmm. It was that far downhill. Yeah. And I'm telling you what, when that cart path got slick because it rained one day, oh. it, it's like a slip and slide yeah, when you're coming down. Scary coming down. It's scary, and you got the volunteers driving you down, you know, in the tournament. But what I appreciate about that golf course, guys, is it, it was only probably 64, 6,500 yards. It forced you to hit four iron and hybrid almost off of every tee and get the ball in play. Then again, there were players who did take driver and try to bomb it down. Yeah. But what a terrible strategy. Yeah. I mean, for some it may work, but I, I just completely um, just dealt with that golf course by hitting four iron in the middle yeah. of fairway and basically said, okay, I'm going to accept having seven iron, six iron into the green. Um, and it served me well the whole week. And the most fascinating thing was everything broke toward the Carabasset Valley. Mm-hmm. So you always had to be aware. In the first couple of days, you know, first practice in the first round of the tournament, I wasn't quite aware where the exact valley was at. So I'm like, wow, that for sure looks like it's a right-to-left putt, but it goes left to right. I can't believe it. And, um, you know, I eventually read into that a little bit and found out, wow, it does go this way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, arguably that tournament was my turning point for this past year, and I, that's when I really started, like I was playing some great – started playing great golf after that tournament. And I think it's because when you play a golf course like that, you, you basically move from, from your focus being from internal to external. You start right. to get yourself out there on the golf course and being out in nature and basically experiencing the target, the target, the target, because it, it's, so, it's so beautiful um, to be out there playing. But That's what golf's all about. That's exactly. It really is. I mean, when you, you get down to it. That's really what golf is about. Right. I mean, you've had to have, you know, as many years playing like that, you've had to have many experiences like that in, in tournament play. Yeah. Uh, just just right close to home here. Not that this is a, a fabulous golf course or anything, but Stonehenge over in Warsaw, right. which I no guess longer. has I guess been no closed, longer. which is so sad. Uh, after number 15, 15th hole, you, you play the hole and you don't see the backdrop behind uh, behind the green, but at, you know towards uh, August, if you're playing the golf course in August, you'd come up to the 15th green and then all you'd see in the backdrop is cornfields, cornfields forever. <laughs> I just think uh, maybe I'm old, I am old fashioned, but th- that to me is just sheer beauty. Nothing but corn. What are they putting houses on the course now? I don't know exactly what they're doing. They probably are. You know, things are. are, But, you know, interesting thing about that is obviously very disappointing that that we're losing Stonehenge because I'd say have a lot of memories on that golf course. And Justin's played there. I mean, very, very challenging golf course, um, especially when it gets to regionals. It plays a little bit like a Lynx, really. Um, But, you know, I think what, what you have right now is we're definitely. We definitely have a surplus of golf courses in this country right oh, now. Yeah. We have a lot of golf courses. Um, and, you know, 
it's unfortunate that that a lot of those golf courses will probably go out of business and housing developments will come in and it'll get back to that level kind of happy medium in yeah. between not not too last I mean, not I'd too be many. fine getting rid of half these houses and putting golf courses just, on just them. put them all <laughs> in yeah, yeah. Well, that's part, part of the reason for that you, you you all understand it but in the late 80s and early 90s that's that's what happened uh housing developments uh came about but they all felt like they all had to have a golf course on them. they oh, all no. couldn't survive right but that's what happened they were just, all for the money just that all for the money rather than uh, so just every <clears throat> cubic yard just yeah it's uh, uh, a real real shame but that's that's where it evolved from the late 80s and early 90s right eric now in your career obviously you've played a lot of different tournaments what ultimately is the best moment you've had yourself maybe the most um momentous moment i guess that it sort of um propelled you on in the game of golf um in your career what's been the best tournament um experience or, or moment you've ever had you mean for me playing myself? Yeah, for or... you playing yourself in, in a tournament. So what what was the most, you know, like like I said, you know, for me playing in, in Maine, that tournament, and I had a rough first day and fighting back to make the cut mm-hmm. um, there. And that arguably has been one of the, one of the most momentous moments in mm-hmm. my golfing career so far because that propelled me then to play well, mm-hmm. you know, toward the end of this past year and in tournaments that really, really mattered. Um, so sort of a, I guess a moment yeah, like that. I, I would, I would go back to, this is when I was still an assistant and I was still at Peru, my hometown. Uh, this is 1977 or 78, somewhere in there. That's a 40 years ago. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I, wow. I, I get caught up in that, but, uh, we were playing the state assistance tournament, the PGA assistance uh, at Indianapolis Country Club, which is another another great golf course. Um, at that particular time, we could not play our tournament until October. Uh, I won't go into the logistics of all of that, but that's when our tournament was scheduled. So it was the first week, first or second week of October, and it was just a 36-hole tournament at that time, and. Um, First first round, I, I shot 83, so I'm in pretty bad shape. I'm probably somewhere between 60th and 70th, and there's only about 75 guys in the tournament. Uh, the second day, uh, it's snowing. There's snow flurries. Uh, doesn't cover the ground or anything, but it's snow flurries. So it's colder than you know what. And uh, I shot 71 and bypassed, I bypassed everybody but five guys. That's incredible. That kind of told me that maybe I could, maybe I could do something halfway decent. Now, as time, as years went on, I didn't play a whole lot of tournament golf, but that, that day showed me that I could do it. Mm -hmm. And and that just shows true grit right there when you come, because... A lot of times you see, especially in in the you know of the last sort of five 
three to five years I've seen in tournament play at least, uh, especially with uh, you know the younger generation players who play bad in the first round completely throw it the second round. They, they get so in. upset, they mm-hmm. pack it in, yeah. they shoot 83, 85, and they're done. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. Or worse. Yeah. What, like 120, Justin? I mean, it, it could yeah, happen. It can be bad. Like the last tournament I played in, there was a 119. Mm-hmm. It's like a 113. You know, and Eric brings up a very you know fascinating point there with, with the, the situation of very difficult conditions and fighting mm-hmm. through that. You know, Justin, we have played together in a lot oh, of yeah. brutal conditions out at Chestnut Hills. Justin and I, are we're the type of guys who want to go out and play when it's, like, raining and, like, 35 degrees oh, at Chestnut. We've been out, we've, been out th- we've been out there at, like, 40, 43. We've definitely been out there in those conditions. We, I don't know if want is the correct that's word. That's true. But, but we understand. The understanding, I guess, is... That it will help in the mm-hmm. long run. Yeah, and we Absolutely. do we, we do great in those you, conditions. You too. have to play in them to understand how your body and how your mind is going to react. There's mm-hmm. no way that you can simulate that. I right. believe it was about 40, it was windy, and we had a complete downpour. Right, and, and we did scramble. a nine-hole scramble, too, man, and we're six under, and we mm-hmm. hit every green. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just pouring to think about each shot. And we and played great. Like, I mean, great, it was yeah. – honestly, that was one of the more incredible <laughs> practice type <laughs> we, of rounds of the year. We, yeah, we did yeah. warm up, and we just pured every shot. Right. And, how to look at birdie every time. Yeah, but absolutely. If I could, like, elaborate on the sure, yeah, yeah. with the tournament, is the, the most recent one I played in at uh, Pine Valley, the course I mentioned. Uh, I finally got to play there this fall for the first time, and I played in a tournament there, and the first day, um, it was really bad conditions. It was windy, rainy, not too cold. It was, like, 60, probably 55, and I... I just came out on fire. Like, I wasn't thinking about anything except just hitting, hitting the ball, hitting the ball well, uh, and staying in the present, and I really had a mental breakthrough that day. I shot 72 with two balls in the water and a triple bogey, and I came in first out of 37 by three shots, and that just mm-hmm. completely changed my outlook on tournaments there you from that go. point on. And yeah. I, I know it could have been lower. I kind of got in my own way coming down the back nine, but that I'm excited to play more tournaments from that there point on. There you go. That's that, going to give you the impetus yeah. to keep to keep playing and more competition. Mm-hmm. And it, it, There's no substitute for competition. Mm-hmm. And Carson knows <laughs> knows this more than anybody. I mean, he's uh, he's competed in so many different events uh, uh, for so long now, and you're only a senior. All right. So mm-hmm. uh, it'd be amazing to go back and see how many exactly, like how many yeah. events I've played in. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what number to throw I'm, out. I'm probably only around like 70 or 80 right now over my entire life. So it's got to be. Yeah. It's just amazing. Uh, not to not to be uh, philosophical about this, but when when I was your ages, uh, there weren't that many events to play mm-hmm. in. Yeah. You guys got play, events mm-hmm. to play in every right. week. Uh, we had maybe three or four a summer that we could point towards. Right. That was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. Not that that's a All good right. thing. It's just that's that's the way it was. So. So the, the uh, ability to go ahead and compete as much as you can to understand how you're going to react, that's, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to continue to do it. Just another funny side note to, to that tournament. The first hole I played is actually the hardest hole at Pine Valley, according to the handicap. And the kid I'm playing with, uh, he holes out from 125 mm. uh, for birdie, not for eagle, but for birdie. And, like, I... 
I, I came in like in a good mentality and I watch a kid hole out in front of me. So I'm like, I have to like not let that affect me. And uh, yeah. I go on, I play the first four, two under, and he ends up shooting 113 that day. So, oh, but he, but he so, did hole out. Yeah, he, he hold out, out so, with so one good day. He would have had 115. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> so I, that, mo- that, that one moment actually taught me quite a bit about like how he hold out right there. And like I get jealous. Like I've never been hold out from that far. Yeah. But then I beat him by 40 shots at the end of that day. Right. So <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny. You know, Eric, going along the lines of, of that, you know, hole outs. Mm-hmm. How many hole in ones have you had in your career? I've had five. Uh... Two of them at the Treacherous Muni in Peru. One of them at South Bend Country Club. And uh, two of them at Fort Wayne Country Club. I've not had one at the Ridge, so it's been a while. Yeah, the Ridge gets me every time. Yeah, J- just, Justin has a little thing with the Ridge that he just he can't, know, he can't just, get over the hump like of the tournament. And I'm the same way, Justin. I've never played well, a good tournament. I, 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 I don't, don't even think it's just tournaments. I can't like. You just play can't play there in general. Well, can, he's got a different problem. I can play a few holes well there, but for some reason, I just can't put together a solid eighteen hole round at Orchard. Well, like I never have. What hole? What round. hole gets to you? I mean, you get off to a good start, and I, then just kind of. I don't know. I mean, seven tee shot from tips is like impossible for me because yeah. I because I hit a draw and like <laughs> like the trees right there, yeah. and then I can't start it. I mean, it's, it's a tough a, tee shot. That's a great point, yeah. Justin. Uh, if you want to talk about one of the one of the better shots that you'll face in the city of Fort Wayne. The tee shot from the black tees at Orchard Ridge on number seven and is a tour tee shot. Mm-hmm. Guys on the tour don't see that type of shot very often. No. Yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, I just at the time I couldn't hit a fade. I can now, so that mm-hmm. wouldn't be as much of a problem. But coming into city, I was hitting like these slingers, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> sling it right into the tree and ricochet in the woods. Yeah. Well, and you talk about the city tournament. We just mm-hmm. had the city tournament this last year, and they struggled. Mm-hmm. They struggled. Yeah, I thought I thought someone was going to be more under than no. I think what one like one under uh, uh, took four birdies in a row. On the I back. I think he ended up three under for the for the event. Which did he really? Yeah, he was he, he was pretty good. Nick Benz. Yeah. yeah, I know he got four in a row yeah. on the back nine yeah. on the final day. So, but uh, yeah, they, you know, they struggled. Yeah, they did, and a lot of people expected them to go really low. Yeah. I had a lot of people saying, "Oh, twelve hundred pars going to win the tournament." I, I I was one of the first ones to say not so fast. Not I mean, so fast. that's just not the way that I mean, Orchard Ridge plays. It challenges you from yeah. all aspects of the game, especially when you get around the greens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when some of those greens get quick, like fifteen, for example, get above the hole on fifteen, write down a four on the scorecard because you're not going to stop the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Three, two, two years ago, we had a senior U.S. Open qualifier at the ridge for 36 holes and the lowest score was 70. This is this is senior open qualifiers. What Black. Okay. And uh, so uh, for the two rounds together the 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 guy was one over but well 70 was the best score so yeah, it's, it's tough to score out there. It's, it's, it's actually really tough. It's, to uh, it's, it's not easy at all and even though the scorecard says even from the black tees 65 60 or whatever 6,500 yards i defy anybody to go play 6,500 yards at the ridge and think that they can tear it up because they're not going to that's very true 
That's very true. You know, I think those are some of the most special golf courses. The one, you know, another golf course that sort of falls on, under the same category is uh, Lake Tippy, Lake Tippecanoe. Yeah. That golf course, very short, but wow. You know, you see a yeah. high school event up there. You know, I've played it before, and I think, wow, I can really tear this thing up. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. You see par fives are 495 yards, but they're tough par holes there and you got to drive the ball well and and that goes back is that's one of those golf courses that's also like the one in Maine where you have to keep the ball in play you can take iron off the tee and and that's just the strategy and that's the special part about golf because vastly different golf courses in completely different geographical areas in the country yet they say that they have the same characteristics and sort of aspects to them Mm -hmm. um and they're separated by hundreds of miles and that's but i think karshi if you if you go go back and look at those type of golf courses you'll see that they're the older older style golf course not the golf courses being built today Mm -hmm. the ones that are being built today are (laughs) are much longer more wide open um obviously the 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 you know we could talk forever about equipment right it's what it's done to the game and the golf ball uh, people hit it so much farther today. So the golf courses kind of have to be longer. But you can still, you can still make a golf course very difficult uh, with, with no length. They need to make like an exact replica of Orchard, but a thousand yards longer. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they have a hard time with well, that. Well, they, they, they would. It would be PGA Tour difficult. Yeah, even the Tour would have a would have a difficult time with that. They would not be 20 no. under. Yeah. And and I think another reason why the tour sets it up, you know, the way that they do, they want to they want to sure. get all the viewers. They want they want to see how many people tune in because they want to see the birdies yeah. and the eagles. I mean, if you're like a viewer, you, you don't want to see five bogeys in a row. I mean, that's not what you want to see. Right. And, and you know, it, so when you when you watch the US Open, you see that even par is a great score. And I think everybody that watches the Open understands that. So the golf is going to be difficult. They're going to have to, sometimes they're going to have to struggle like mad just to make a bogey. Most viewers that are not golfers, they don't want to see that. Right. Yeah. They they want to see these guys make birdies. I, I'm fine watching them. I, I, yeah, I, no, yeah. I, I, we, we take enjoyment yeah. right. Because we see that. But when you watch the Masters, yeah, the golf course... It's difficult, don't yeah. get me wrong, mm-hmm. but there are birdies available, Definitely. and that's what makes that tournament mm-hmm. so different than any well, other I mean, there's tournament. No, there's no even rough on the course, I don't right. think. Right, there's, yeah, I mean, well, they call it a first cut yeah. now, but, but it's only but about it really, two inches But it doesn't high. affect how much you're hitting the ball, really. It's just, right. it's just if you can hit your point on the course and, and you're a master, and, 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 and you right, score no, really well. Exactly. Yeah. And, the greens are just beyond comprehension. I've... I've been there. I have not played there, but I was there with Billy. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you can't, you, the way the television coverage is today, you can start to get a better picture of the undulations that, that the players face on the greens. But it doesn't give you the, the total concept. Television's so much better than it used to be, but it still doesn't give you the total concept. And the undulations on those greens, you can't even imagine. It's so true. This is a roll pier. You can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I had the opportunity to, to go there this past year and, and witness a practice round. Yeah. And it has to be maybe one of the most 
special days of my whole life so far. It was it was incredible, and um, especially seeing the the uh, you know the greens like hole six, and you know the, the back right bend location and the huge ridge, and then you know one of my favorite memories the whole time being there. Obviously, you know getting to to walk down Amen Corner and seeing all those different holes. But this memory happened on uh, the seventh green. I was sitting just pen high, just uh, beside the uh, right-hand greenside bunker, and Tiger hit his tee shot in the practice round into the left rough, and kind of didn't quite get a shot to draw in around the trees, and it and it got stuck. It actually landed just short of the bunker and kicked in, and Tiger hit maybe the best bunker shot that I saw the whole day, and I, I saw a lot of bunker shots. Um, it landed just probably two feet onto the green, perfect spin. Pen was all the way down at the front left side of the green. His ball rolled all the way down the ridge and off the green. Yeah, and I'm like, that. that's when I realized at Augusta, you, you know, miss. I had an idea. You can't miss. Yeah. You have to know where to miss. Because mm-hmm. there are spots, like every golf, it is fair. It gives you a spot where you yeah. can miss. Yeah. But if you, you know, a lot of play, and I've experienced this because I've worked with different caddies, you know, at different tournaments who have caddied at a, at a very high level. And, you know, one caddie in particular, Bradley at Pinehurst, when I used to play the U.S. Kids uh, World Championships down there, um, we'd be playing courses like Pinehurst number two, and he'd actually make X's on the um, on the yardage book and say, this is just a no-go zone <laughs> for whatever you yeah. don't go there. That's um, and, you know, you don't want to be thinking during the round, don't go there, but you can say, okay, I can afford to miss over here. So then you, you, you match your shot shape to fit that. Right. Um, and that was just really eye-opening to me to, to realize, wow, no matter – I mean, one of the best players in the world can hit the greatest shot he can and still can't keep that, it on the ground. You know that course extremely well mm-hmm. in order to you execute. Know, I, after you had uh, come back from Augusta, I, I think you and I talked about uh, uh, the 14th mm-hmm. green. 14th. When when I was there, and this is thirty years ago, the fourteenth green used to be twice as severe as it is today. I I stood on the front edge of the green. There's there's no pin locations on the front third of the green. There's none. That's true. It's all on the back. But I stood on the front edge, and uh, uh, all I could see of the flagstick was the flag waving. <laughs> That's how big the undulation was. Think of just yeah. think of that. You're standing mm-hmm. on the edge of the green and the and you're looking at the flagstick, but all you see is the flag waving. You don't even see the flagstick. They've cut some of that hill out. So so now it's not near as bad, but you know, that's the kind of chip shot that you'd be faced with if you came back off of the yeah. front of the green. Mm-hmm. So, have the same chip shot again, right? You probably have it again, <laughs> it, yeah. It is. It's honestly incredible, you know, and if we ever all got the opportunity to go together, it'd be one of the most special oh. things of, of all time because I, I just, you can't, you can't explain to someone who's never been there what the experience is like. Mm. You can make it sound, and you know, I thought it was, it was unbelievable just watching it on TV. And a lot of people, you know, they end up being disappointed with when they actually go to the location, you know, and, and see what it's all about. You know, like people talk, oh, well, I, I've been watching U.S. Opens on TV for a long time, whether it's golf or tennis, but then I went to the actual event and it was great, but it wasn't as, as good as I thought, mm-hmm. thought it was going to be. 
Augusta National, it maybe is the only place in the world that actually exceeds your expectations mm-hmm. after watching it on TV. Yeah, I agree with you, Carson. Yeah. Can't wait to go there. Yeah, some point. we should all, yeah. Yeah. whether it's a, a lottery entry or something, to, yeah. to get us all there, that'd be, that'd be certainly incredible. Um, you know, Justin, you brought, brought up a, an interesting topic um, to me this past week. You know, I, we see commercials on TV all the time for the local golf mm-hmm. passport. Yeah. Um, but you told me, you said, Carson, I'm going to go ahead and get it. I think it's a good deal. I'm going to go ahead and get it. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, you know, I've heard about this. Let's, let's research a little bit more. And uh, so Justin, just for our listeners, Justin did, did get this uh, passport. And uh, gosh, it gives you access to, I think, 30-some different golf yeah, courses. Yeah. So it's, it's $75, and then it says it gives you access to 29 golf 29, courses. 29, okay. Unfortunately, a couple of those are being removed or have been removed. So <laughs> That's it's unfortunate. Like, so, <laughs> so it's like... 26 or 27. I mean, you could try to play the whole location of the old courses, but, <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, so that's about 27 courses for $75. And you think about it, like I guarantee you one of those courses costs $75 alone, like to play mm-hmm. with a cart. Mm-hmm. I don't think it give pays for the cart, but it's I don't. The, even, I don't think it I don't does even, either. It I don't just even, gives you the greens. I don't even plan on. <laughs> I plan on walking anyway. So. Right. Well, that's good because so, yeah. you get the lay of the land. Yeah. Layer. So, so you say 25 yeah. a course. If I play all 27, that's what like 27 times 25. Right. That's hundreds of dollars. That's right. 500 dollars around. That's a good deal. Yeah. And compared to 75. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, golf courses on that list that really stand out to me because I've played them or it would be uh, you know Timber Ridge and Bluffton. Oh, I yeah. mean that's. That's the course that I actually grew up. That's the first golf course that I ever played was wow. was Temperage and Bluff. That's a golf course that I grew up um, playing on, and that's back when Steve King was there. Um, mm-hmm. And Steve King was giving me lessons when I was like three years old at, at Temperage, yeah. and and I remember you know a specific uh, scenario out there on the on the tenth hole at at uh, Temperage with Steve King I and there. and. Um, and you know that'll that'll be the fun part when we when we yeah, end up we'll playing. Play. Hopefully, we're all able to go and and play. You know some of the courses on this passport. Um, we just get to go back and and I'll be able to tell you some of the stories that I remember from from uh, playing there at Timber Ridge. But a couple stories that stand out was one on the tenth hole. Steve King and I were doing a lesson, and it's when I I mean I'm, and I'm talking like three four years old. Like I, I I'm remembering this stuff, which is just I can't explain that, but. Um, so we're in the bunker and he was teaching me exactly how to hit a bunker shot. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget him. He, he drew a line. He drew a big line in the sand behind the ball and took the ball away and had me chop down on that line as many times as I could. And then placed the ball down and tried to picture that same thing. And I remember just hitting a great bunker shot up there to a couple feet. Um, so that, that memory, that memory always stands out, you know, just, just the other memories that, that can be formed when, when you play a golf course so many times by, by playing it with other, other people. And, you know, on the, the second hole at Timber Ridge, um, there's a tree on the big tree on the left-hand side of the fairway. And I used to, to be invited by my grandpa's group um, that used to play. It was him, a guy by the name of uh, Merlin and Lloyd. And then Gary. So we all played all played in this group and you know they were they were all decent golfers. But uh Lloyd in the group, you know, we we always had a great time playing with him. He unfortunately passed away this last week. Um but on the on the left hand side of the uh of the fairway there was this tree. And I'll never forget it, he always hit this tree. And it wasn't on his tee shot. He always hit his tee shot a little bit left into the rough 
was probably 20 or 25 yards behind that tree and always used to knock a three-wood right into the tree. And it all, would always come back, and we'd just we'd call it Lloyd's Tree. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, th- those are... Those are some of the, the you had cool... You to find out if the tree is still there. Oh, hopefully, I, it's, hopefully still there. it's still there. Well, we'll, we'll find out. Ridge. We'll find out, and I'll show okay. you the tree, and yeah. maybe we'll try to recreate uh, I, I, a shot. I'm probably going to hit the yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin can, can hit Lloyd's tree, but, you know, that's what's special. You know, going back, Eric, your quote about there's really not a bad golf course out there. There's just some better than others. The memories that can be formed mm-hmm. on some of these golf courses that maybe aren't the best mm-hmm. in the world... I mean, they're just as valuable as the memories formed on some yeah. of the greatest golf courses in the world. Exactly right. And, th- and that's what's special. Yeah, funny memory. Uh, I have a couple spring breaks ago, Nathan Lasses, we were playing at Chestnut Hills, and uh, we were up on the ninth tee box, and then right off the tee box was probably about like a 60-foot drop down mm-hmm. into this like this crick area with some trees. A crick and, area? Yeah, a crick area. Oh, and, uh, yeah, the dreaded crick area. Uh, what's the yeah. definition of a crick? Uh, water that's moving. Okay. And not, not, not circular shaped. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Nathan decided to chuck his clubs off that, Ooh. off that down to the, towards the creek. And, um, we never saw where they ended up, but oh. I just, that was a pretty, cr- so he cricked the clubs. He, he cricked the clubs, but that was a pretty funny moment. So that's the word that, that Justin actually created, cricked, Eric. Was that me that created it? I don't think I I created it. We've all started using it, but it's definitely not a real word. I use it, So if you hit it in the crick, you just cricked it. Cricked, yeah. But but hold on a second. Justin, according to your definition, my pool out there, if the water is moving, if the wind's blowing, it technically could be considered a crick because it's not in that circular form. So technically we could call it it a crick. It does fit that. I mean, if I was... Right now, I see it as a pool, but right, if, I was, if, I, if, I, if I was on the course and I, I hit it in there, I'd probably be like, man, I, I cricked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, and then I'll I'd like probably that. try to play it. I like that. You know, Eric, when we were, we were sort of discussing for the, uh, the preparation for this in the beginning, um, you brought up the point, you know, when we were talking about the local golf passport, um, of playing Etna Acres. Right. Can you tell the listeners out there a little bit about the special golf course Etna Acres? Well, um, I had never, I'd heard of Etna Acres, but had never played it until a few years ago uh, with my great friends. Uh, you may have heard of this, of this gentleman, E.J. Tackett, who is on the Professional Bowlers Tour right now and probably one of the top two or three bowlers in the whole world. I'm not just talking about the United States. I'm talking about the whole world. That's his home golf course, Etna Acres, just outside of Huntington. And so I've had the great pleasure of playing there probably six or seven times now. And uh, uh, yes, the fairways aren't good. Yes, the greens are not that good. But I don't care because it's so much fun to play. Um that's what golf can give you. Um, not that other sports can't give you great satisfaction, but uh, sometimes you're confined to a particular space in a particular sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, the surroundings are the same. Uh, the dimensions of the court are the same. Uh, golf is not like that. You get, you can get anything and everything in fact anything and everything will happen to you on a golf course yeah. um and for instance like 
last night I played basketball at the Y. Okay. And I got teammates over here shooting, like, contested 30-foot threes and airballing them. Yeah. But, like, golf, I don't have to worry about that. It's just, like, my That's own so brain. True, it's just my own brain rather than, like... Because also, playing basketball, sometimes if you want to shoot, you don't have, like, the all-in mentality because you're like, oh, I might, my, my teammates probably want me to pass to them. And then, like, I'm thinking when I got to pass to them, but in golf, it's just... It's all you, like it's just—it's you center. versus yourself. It's all you, yeah. yeah. You. You're the only one you can mm-hmm. you can blame. Yeah, so you know, people that's... try to blame you know fellow competitors <laughs> and the conditions and yeah. the golf course, but but no, it, it's yourself, and and that's what I like about the game so mm-hmm. much. That's that's a great point that that you brought up there. You know, I I think what would be would be really cool. You know, this and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier this summer if we could pick maybe four golf courses on this list and mm-hmm. we could all go to them and yeah. not like in a row necessarily, but just, you know, spread mm-hmm. them out throughout the summer. Yeah. And, um, you know, like another one that'd be great to hit. It's also in Bluffton. It's called green Valley. Oh, green Ooh. Valley. Green Valley. He's, he's a perfect golf course that fits your definition of there. <laughs> no bad golf courses. Pasture like it, it's, <laughs> it's pasture like with a, a crick, Oh. Actually, one of the most interesting cricks you'll ever see. Okay. Because go. the crick is this wide. <laughs> wow. And you have to, there's also one hole. I won't spoil too much of this, but you have to play the same nine twice. Mm-hmm. And there's a hole that goes over the corner of a farm. <laughs> okay. And the it's course like, is by like, a Walmart. So, I mean, cool. it, it's, there you go. It's like the road hole uh, going yeah. over, yeah, the side it over the factory. It, it's the road hole. So it's I, a hotel now, isn't it? I don't even know. I just yeah, know there's a building that you hit over. Yeah. Right. So, I, I'm going to list off, and, you know, here we can decide right in front of all okay, the, the yeah, listeners out decide. there which golf courses we're going to play. Well, Etna is definitely on so the list. So, Etna's on there. Okay. Timber Ridge. We, Timber Ridge, Timber Ridge is, on. is on the list. We have Green Valley. We have Raccoon Run. Oh. That, that's going to be up there on the it list. It could be up there. We've gonna, talked about that. It's going to be up there on the list. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the full list in front of me, but I have I have a few. We have uh, Riverbend okay. Golf Club. We have actually a golf course, which um, this may be actually a good one to go up and play. Hillsdale. It's actually one of Hillsdale's uh, main golf courses that they play, and they actually do some qualifying there. Um Okay. And that's the nice thing about the local golf passport. They've expanded sort of their Ohio, boundaries into other Michigan. into other states exactly. So What's um, the name of the it's course? called Bella Vista. Bella okay. Vista Golf Club. Okay, is Zollner on there? Zollner. Let, let's fact check this right yeah. now. Let, let's check it out because there's, we have that's the a, that's a fun one. So there's there's a, there's a Four Wing Golf Association tournament, uh, scramble tournament at Riverbend this year. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Trying to trying to be on my yeah. team. I I've never played Riverman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well uh, I think Carson's gonna be in the golf season, so I'm trying to recruit a five man to go win that. It's so unfortunate too, because yeah. I we think would, we we shoot probably fifty five, fifty six and four mans and fifty nine one. I mean we pre- the funny thing is what a lot of people don't know and it'll be interesting for, for our listeners to understand. Justin and I uh, gosh, at least in this this isn't the heart of tournament season, two or three times a week. We'll be playing scrambles yeah. with, you, with each other with Nathan and, and, and Cam. And the great thing that people don't realize about a scramble is it actually simulates a lot of pressure situations. Because there are certain times you come down and you're the only person yeah. who, who, who can basically keep the team alive for the whole round to reach our goal of 18 under. And that, yeah. that was our goal every time we finally got to that goal, which yeah. was fantastic. Now we're going for 20. Now we're going for 20, yeah. exactly. But the, the pressure that it can simulate is very important, I think, in practice. Mm-hmm. And also... 
it's a little bit of a confidence booster a little bit. Sure. If you can get in a little bit of a run, yeah. man, I'm piping these mm-hmm. these drives down the fairway for my don't team. You don't have to worry about hitting a bad shot right. either unless you're one of the last people. It gets you to yeah. play a little bit carefree. Like I did terrible before, and then we play a scramble, and then I I hit the ball like I would shoot six under if I played alone. Yeah. But it's just a different mentality that you're hitting each shot with. So yeah. it can teach you quite a bit. Okay, we're getting up the local golf passport information here <laughs> so we can – Make it educated. Yeah, I, know, uh, I know pretty much all the Fort Wayne ones are on there. Okay, here we go. Swan Lake. That's in Plymouth. That's in Plymouth. Bridgewater. Okay. That's a good course. Bella Vista. Okay. Eagle Glen. Played there. Eel River. That's that's a good one. I played Eel River. Eel oh, River yeah, is I a, played there. I played there. Is, short is one. that one of the ones that's getting... Is it? I think it's No, that's Cedar Creek. Cedar Creek. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I hope not Eel River because Eel River is a, is a fascinating golf course. Zollner is on there, Eric. Okay, uh, Ebart, uh, no, Eberhart Petro. Don't know. I'll just be going there alone someday. <laughs> <laughs> Pond the River. Oh. Pond the River is a par 69. The length is 4,785 yards. Mm-hmm. And it's in Woodburn, Indiana. It says, enjoy a peaceful round of golf in a nature <laughs> environment. The front nine is more traditional, while the back nine offers a winding creek and several <laughs> ponds amongst the woods. Wow. Truly some go. of the most scenic holes in Indiana. Wow. Oh, maybe that should be the fourth one then. We'll put Pond River on the list. Pond River on the list. Okay. Well, we're just deciding now which ones actually make the list, and then we'll decide oh, okay. the, the end. Okay. Uh, the end. Um, Top four. Black Squirrel, South Shore, Burke, Coldwater, Old Orchard, Donald Ross, which only has nine holes, Hidden, Hidden Valley, Norwood, Cross Creek. Cross Creek, nice. Cross Creek, let's read the description. It's uh, 6,512 yards. It's in Decatur, Indiana. It's a well-maintained golf course with wow. several risk-reward holes. Challenging each golfer's skill, level, and ability. Sounds good. The front nine is supposed to build your confidence. That's what it says. So. <laughs> <laughs> Eagle Rock. Auglaise. Where is Eagle Rock? Defiance, Ohio. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, wind, there's a winding creek there, it says. Whispering Creek. Green Valley. Meadow Valley. Heron Creek, Patriot Hills, Cedar Lake, Raccoon Run, Etna Acres. A lot of courses. Sure is. So. You got Zollner on there? Zollner, we'll add to the list. Yeah. Zollner is a, is a great track. Yeah, it's fun. It's so on fun. the list right now, I have Timber Ridge, Green Valley, Etna Acres, Raccoon Run, Bella Vista, Ponda River, and Zollner. Okay. I mean, I don't know a lot of them, so. If you guys have played them, you guys can make a decision. We'll just, we'll just kind of we'll just keep the keep the list. We'll keep like the pot. That. Yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of okay. pick. It Heck, if we can Sounds get all good. of them in, we can Sounds get all good. of them in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'll make sure. I want to send me, send me a picture of this after we're done. And, uh, <laughs> I will. Should we sure add in we... another crick one? Yeah, whispering crick. Cricks on that. We'll list. add in whispering crick. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to just go to see these random names to show up and be like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Whispering Creek is where uh, Gary Whitaker was the pro before he came back out at Orchard Ridge. Oh, great. He can give us some insight on how to play Whispering Creek. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, guys, I'm really looking forward to to doing this. These will... 
this will actually make way for some great podcasts, I think. You know, oh, definitely. Yeah, during, yeah, definitely. Uh, during the summer. I mean, I'm probably going to play more different golf courses throughout this thing than I have, like, my entire life combined. Like, that's, different courses I've played. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's great to, to have a home course, no question about it. And it's, in, it's, in, it's important. And if you're, if you're a member of a country club, then the, the country club course is, is very important to uh, enjoy. You've got to enjoy that golf course. You've got to be able to enjoy it to, and play it every day, just like your grandpa, Mr. Kratzer, always said. Uh, you know, the true test of a golf course is if you would enjoy playing it every day and never get tired of it. Yeah, chestnut That's doesn't the fit that crazy. Chestnut does not, <laughs> sorry, Gary Gantz, but, but chestnut does not fit that. Fort Wayne Country I mean, chestnut's, Club. Chestnut's a good course, but every day. Yeah. Fort Wayne Country Club fits that. Orchard Ridge fits that. And who knows, maybe we'll even mm-hmm. one of those well, golf I feel like Pine Valley fits that also. I really enjoy Pine Valley. Yeah. I haven't so, played yeah. Pine, Pine Valley, unfortunately. I haven't played Cherry Hill either. Yeah. So. The greens are, I'd say, a little slower than Fort Wayne. But uh, maybe a little slower than Sycamore, but just yeah. like barely, just barely. Yeah. And they roll extremely smooth. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah. Every hole is a different looking hole. Right. And, you know, even some of these golf courses, you know, we're, we're laughing at. We're like, oh, geez, you know, what, what's that going to be? You know, that could turn out to be number could one be on our so list. so much fun. Yeah. It, right. it would be interesting, you know, at the end to, to rate, you know, all the golf courses that we end up playing on this list and mm-hmm. be like, wow. You know, I would have never thought that, you know, like Ponda River would be number one or, or whatever, you know, yeah. it, it turns out to be. Um just so many fascinating things, fascinating situations. And in the game of golf, normally the unexpected is what happens. <laughs> so, you know, that, that goes back, you know, to something I've always believed in, in tournament play, you know, sort of going into some tournament-like situations here. Um, you know, if you're in a match play situation and somebody has a 20-footer to tie the hole, I'm expecting them to make that thing every single time. You have to, to expect them to make it. I think so yeah. as well. Justin, are there any uh, interesting tournament situations that you can think of that, that's uh, yeah, I, um, worthy for the viewers? Yeah, the first tournament I played in this past year was at Colonial Oaks. So it's actually a pretty cool golf course, really. It's just like not super well-maintained, but the layout's pretty fascinating. And I was in a playoff for second. So I didn't play amazing, but, but uh, I was in a playoff for second with this kid. And I sliced my tee shot way in the trees. And I really didn't have too much of a shot. I had to like hit like this like low like hook in the playoff. He was already on the green with a look at birdie, and as like one twenty, had to go under a tree, over some trees, and like hook it. And I I had I had a punch seven iron, and, and I almost actually hold the shot, and uh, I ended up winning the playoff. So that was a pretty cool scenario I had happen yeah. happen recently. So. Right, yeah. that that's a great point. There's an example of a, a momentum shot. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you can just one shot that that. Yeah. It creates, you know, Eric, we've talked about that for such a long time, how there can be one shot, one little moment in the oh, round yeah. that can literally change, change the, the whole round for the good and, and, and or for and the sometimes worse. Sometimes for the worse, yeah. Um, that's right. And, you know, that that's one thing that I feel like I've, it, it, it's a certain skill to the, and you have to play a lot of different tournaments in a lot of different situations yep. um, to develop the skill, but it's a certain skill that, that when you have it, you eventually can sense those moments. Correct. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and to be honest, you know, one of the funniest <laughs> moments where I've actually sensed that feeling, I had a putt for an eight one time mm-hmm. on the and very yeah, first hole. Yeah. Okay. And funny thing, it relates back to, to the main tournament. That was in the main tournament. 
turned out to be a difference in making the cut. There you go. Yeah. A putt for an eight. Yeah. I was four feet yeah. that snapped from right to left. Yeah. Wow. Well, and, and I felt it then. Making an eight on the first hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, it... And you people would go, no, on the very first hole, yes, <laughs> well, on the very first if, hole. If they're saying no, then they've never played yeah. the game. Exactly. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a huge putt. And then I think I think if you have a five-footer for par on the first hole in a tournament, yeah. that's so huge. It's, like, for your in fact, role. I'd rather have that. That's uh, true. I, I'd much rather have a five-footer to, to salvage par on the first four or on the first hole than a three-and-a-half-foot birdie putt on the first yeah. hole. I, I Usually... I, I can say many rounds that I've started out with a birdie that I don't continue. Yeah. It just doesn't right. happen. But if you've if you've made a four or five footer on either the first hole or the second hole, or maybe even a ten footer for a par, then you're then you could yeah, be off are, to the those races. Are huge momentum. It's right. like that that one tournament I talked about a few times already. But I had a five footer for par on the first hole, and then I went birdie, yeah. par, right. birdie, yeah, par that's, birdie. That's after. what happens. Right. You know, that's a message, you know, to all, all the people listening to the, the podcast. You have to focus on every single shot, golf shot that you're hitting because that could be the difference. Yeah, no matter what, like if you just, scores don't exist, just each shot. Like you're exactly. getting away around the golf course and you got to get it in as least shots as, as you can. So put all your energy into just hitting that individual shot where you're there trying you to go. hit that shot rather than... This this shot gives me a, a five on this hole, and then that will make right. my score three over. Well, you become bar. like and an then, accountant. You're starting to count. count and all then the next stuff. hole, I need to do this tonight. Right. This. And you know, I, I tend to be as I always have been. You know, different players function in different ways. And you know, all everyone who you know like us who played the game of golf for a while, obviously Eric more than yeah. than we have, but um, you know, have that understanding. Um, in the game of golf, that a lot of the, a lot mm-hmm. of the people who are who who haven't played as much, you know, they don't have that yeah. that dis, that and distinct understanding. Like you said about that putt, occasionally you like sense that this shot, like that's coming up, is like the shot. Like occasionally, not every shot. I wish it was every shot, but like sometimes I'll be in around uh, doing battery good or whatever. I'll come up to a shot and I'm like I like I like have a feeling I like know I'm about to hit this shot exactly. I'm trying to hit the shot, and then like when I hit the ball, there's like no doubt in my mind I'm gonna like. Like that, I'm gonna like fulfill the thought that I had prior, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just like where you kind of feel feel it coming on, and then right. and then you just execute. It. Right, and I've tended to always, you know, it, it kind of has to be a balance. My theory is in the tournament, when I get to about about the fifteenth or sixteenth hole, that's when I'm really gonna scoreboard watch, and and that's mm-hmm. just my personality. That's how I've always functioned, and with now, you know, the technology that we're seeing in these tournaments. You know, Eric, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but I think I may have mentioned it to you in the past about when I won in, um, in Tampa at that hurricane tour event at Innisbrook, they gave you a phone to input all your scores. Mm-hmm. Well, on that phone was a leaderboard. Oh, you wow. click one button, you can see the leaderboard and all everything that everybody's doing in the tournament. I checked that thing every single shot that I hit coming down the stretch wow. and I played off the scoreboard because it, it was, it was definitely the last three holes there. It's like the aim-in corner coming in. Mm-hmm. you got a tough par five with water. you got a tough par three with water. It's really difficult to make a par. Actually, the last four holes, to be honest, um, really come into play. And the 18th hole yeah. is a very tough par three. We were hitting five iron in. And you're going, wow, people could make a double bogey here. I don't need to play as aggressive. Yeah. That's when it's smart to look at a leaderboard. But you can't let the leaderboard oh, no, let you make emotional decisions. It has to be very objective, okay? Bob made a triple. 
All right, everyone, now we're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back with you on the 2019 Carson and Justin Episode 2 podcast. All right, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Carson and Justin 2019 Golf Podcast. This is Episode 2. We're just back from our quick break. We have Eric Noble with us, PGA professional for 29 years, and he's been in the golf business for 42 years very experienced in the game of golf, and we're really honored to be interviewing him today here in the basement of the Stoller household. We're going to finish here with a, a fun topic to, to leave um, all the listeners with, and that's going to be a, a question that I'm going to pose to everyone sitting around the table here today. And the question is, what has been the most hilarious moment or situation that you have experienced on the golf course in your whole life? Whoever wants to start, go ahead. I'll, I'll start. Uh, this, this particular incident happened at the Treacherous Muni in Peru, Indiana, my home, home golf course that I, that I grew up on. I was playing with uh, uh, th- three other guys that I played a lot of golf with in, in Peru. One of them, uh, his name is Paul Maverick. He was a golf salesman. He sold... Uh, sweaters and and putters and all kinds of stuff to the different golf courses in in Indiana, and he just happened to to live in Peru, and I became pretty good friends with him. And long story short, he's the one that ended up getting me an interview with Mr. Kratzer, that brought me to Fort Wayne, Indiana. But he, uh, to make a long story short, again, he's about four hundred pounds, and to hit a golf ball. Just to hit a golf ball was an amazing feat, at least in my estimation, and the other guys that I played with. But uh, we had so much fun with him. Uh, On this particular day, we were on the 12th green at the Treacherous Peru Muni, and uh, he uh, sold a line of putters that were wooden shafted putters. It was called Odie Chrisman at the time. And, uh, of course... Mr. Maverick had an O.D. Chrisman, and uh, you might gather where this is going. He uh, putted out on the 12th hole and uh, leaned on his putter to get the ball out of the hole, and the putter snapped. (laughs) And needless to say, he, he made two or three rolls on the ground, and... We couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I, I, we, and it just, it was a laugh fest. I've never laughed harder in my life. But uh, we, we all finally, the other two guys and myself finally got up the, got up from laughing and <laughs> made sure that, you know, we were, then we finally figured out, well, <laughs> is he going to be okay? <laughs> is he going to be able to get up? And, and, he, and he finally bounced back up and, and, uh, I'll never forget that as long as I live because the 12th green at the Peru Muni has never been the same since that incident. There you go. And hopefully we'll get the chance to so play. So hopefully you'll get and, a chance to see the, the indentation in the green. <laughs> Is it That's really? Right. Oh, there's got to be. It's 400 pounds. Wow. You know, Eric, it sounds like he would classify as a hack. Uh, but actually, a he, good hack? He, he played tennis. 
Now, he didn't weigh 400 pounds at the time, but he played tennis at Indiana University. Unbelievable. Wow. What a story. Wow. Great start there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, uh, I've had, I haven't had, like, a standalone, like, hilarious experience other than Nathan chucking his clubs off of oh, the tee box. Like six, I mean, yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, but, but, yeah, that's the funniest thing that that's happened. Um, I've, I've ran into some funny guys who have said and done some funny things on the course. Uh, again, with Nathan, Nathan is just, like, Hit tee markers, hit trees with his golf clubs, um, hits golf balls at houses occasionally, like purposely and accidentally. Yeah, Bobby Diller's uh, house behind the second. I pick. have done that one time purposely, like like four years ago. Um, tried to play the bank. Tried tried to play the bank shot and uh, it just banked and didn't come too far back off. Um, but but yeah, I mean Nathan chucking his clubs off, I definitely say it has to be the funniest and just 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 some funny things some. Some other random golfers have shared with me that I probably should not mention. Right now. Okay, <laughs> not not age, since we have a lot of different ages listening but to our podcast. The funniest thing is Nathan Chucky, yeah, hands down. But there's been some other funny things. But. You know, Justin, there's been so many different funny moments that I've experienced on the golf course. It's so hard for me to actually sort them out yes. and, and pick out the exact moment. I'd have to think about it for like two hours. If something um, happened, like. What happened to right. that guy? That'd, that'd be that'd you know, be and, and there there probably is something out there that I'm just completely mm-hmm. blanking on. But a lot of a lot of the great moments have to go back. What about when I left a five footer, two feet short? Oh, that's no. true. Eric did. Uh, I still <laughs> give him a hard time about this. It was on the tenth hole. He caught it heavy. He's the first person in the world to actually catch a putt heavy. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, well, Justin, let's throw him in the category too. But um, that, that, you know, that was a great moment. It's just the little moments like that, and, that, and that's why it's so hard to pick out. You know, there's there's at times really small moments that you, you just remember forever. Um, you know, and a lot of the great moments are when you know. Justin, we're out there and witness something else happen in a group. Like oh, some yeah. hack just sure, shanks yeah. it into, oh, you know, yeah. or somebody who drives a golf cart like over the green or just something oh, ridiculous yeah, no, like I've, that. I've seen guys throw their clubs around yeah, the group or, behind them. I, like this guy hit a shot and it was like a straight like low pull left. He just chucks it. I mean, I've seen angry people on the range throw their club like all the way back at Chestnut before. I mean, it's – and, uh, you know, just the, the moments like that are just – they're almost indescribable because yeah. they're, you have to yeah. be there almost to see it. But, yeah. um, but you know, Eric, your story is absolutely incredible. Soon, <laughs> sooner or later, like I think I said this before, sooner or later, anything and everything will happen to you on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Now, what other game gives you that? Nothing. Golf is it's the game, most special game, game out there. Lifetime, it sure is. your total lifetime. It sure is. Yep. Anybody have any final thoughts for uh, this episode too? No, I think we should save some more thoughts for the future future yes. podcast. Yeah, we, don't, we, we don't want to give away all yeah, of our got, give away all of our thoughts. Yeah, so out there, and uh, thank you all for listening. Exactly. We enjoyed our special guest Eric with uh, the amazing golf insight. Thank exactly. you, gentlemen, for letting me come on. It was a heck of a lot of fun. We'll definitely have you back okay. later in the year when we uh, start going around and playing mm-hmm. the locations and on the we'll run through those rounds on the podcast, right on All the right. local golf passport. And uh, once again, we really hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. It's been fantastic having Eric on, um, and we'll we will continue the trend of having special guests on on this uh, on this podcast and um, try to give you a lot of different insights and a lot of different perspectives from the world of golf. So Justin and I will be back with you next week for episode three. 
of the 2019 Carson and Justin podcast. Everyone, it's been fantastic being with you. We hope you enjoy. Thank you.